This is Movies, a podcast about the act of cinema. With me today is Hans. You have indigestion, Hans? How are you doing? Uh, no, I was saving the groan for the recording. Uh, oh, no, the water, my water, I left it in the freezer for too long, so I, it hurt my sensitive old man teeth. Uh, but I'm good. How's it going? It's terrific. Well, I'm sorry about your teeth being so thin, I guess. Yeah. In transl- maybe too much coffee, too much soda pop for you. Probably soda. I don't drink coffee. It makes me shit too quick after drinking. Everything makes you shit too quick. Hey, we got Oki back on the show. Yo, my my teeth are fine. They're feeling they're feeling really good right now. That's terrific. My teeth are terrible. You know, I was looking at old pictures of myself, and I realized, wow, I have new spaces between my teeth that I didn't have five years ago. That's always a great realization. It's like gravity or something. I don't know. I don't. I have no idea. Getting old. Yeah. It's getting old. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we're talking about a film tonight. We're talking about, speaking of old, we're talking about a pretty old film. We're talking about Joe. This is a Peter Boyle starring film. Made him a star. Got him, I think, cast in a bunch of uh, 70s cult classics like Taxi Driver and uh, you know everything else that he would wind up at. Hardcore. That's mm-hmm. another one. Um, and this is kind of an overlooked film. I know, I think it got a second life somewhat recently because Shout Factory or one of these boutique distributors decided to give it a proper physical media release. This was your suggestion for the, the program, Oki. You, I think you, you brought it up to me not long after I maybe checked it out the first time, or maybe I checked it out because of your recommendation. I can't recall. It was a while back. Uh, but this is a rare, and may, maybe this might be the only film starring Peter Boyle. He's usually a, a good supporting character whenever you see him. Yeah, he's got the character actor face. Hair. You know? He's not really a starring yeah. man. Well, he came up in the right era, the only era where he could look the way he does and be a leading man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah How many sure. actors that rock the horseshoe do you see acting now in Hollywood or making movies at all, really? Well, they get starring. that fix, first paycheck. All of a sudden. Yeah. They got that rug. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. If, I, if our movie sells, I'm going to get a rug so that my hairline starts here. It's going to be great. I have a friend that has to shave his hair because his hair starts literally here. So whenever he gets a haircut, it looks like a 5 p.m. shadow. What five? Is that the saying? 5 p.m. shadow? 5 o'clock shadow. Yeah, 5 yeah. o'clock shadow. Uh, but on his forehead. So you see like the little thing here where it's like green and then his hair starts over here. So that's what I'm going to look like if our movie sells. And I'm going to fix this thing. Because every every day, the longer it gets, uh, the more I see just like a through line from beginning to end. It's pretty bad. <laughs> but you see, here's the thing. If you had like a full head of hair, that would look so bizarre. I, I imagine yeah. you would look like a character on, what was that kid show? Lazy Town? <laughs> just like <laughs> right, look just like Morrissey? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That would not be good. Okay, what kind of I mean, hair do you think are... would look best on Hans? Uh... Dude, I, I don't know. Maybe, have you ever just tried going bald, mm-hmm. like fully? How's that look? Yeah, for a while. For a while. I mean, it looks it looks fine. I guess. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> don't ask me. Don't ask me. Well, looks, why, why don't you like, just cover your cover your hair a bit? Like, let's see. Just like that. <laughs> it's not that different. Yeah, I mean, it looks. What this is, you can barely see my hair with this light anyway. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, well, that's yeah. what I'm going to end up doing because it's really embarrassing to not wear a hat outside of the house. Um, I'm taller than most people here, but still, 
you know, I'm bending over and I'm like, oh, Jesus, don't look at my head. <laughs> You've been pretty bald. I mean, if you go back like 40 episodes or something for these, when, yeah. whenever we started doing these video episodes, you were like, you had no hair. And it's yeah. a peculiar look for you. You kind of look like a serial killer when you do that. It's very unnerving. Yeah. You don't look as friendly. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Oh, that's why I always wear a hat. But that's my future anyway. Because I'm only keeping this hair long because I'm flying out there and I have to look like the character from last year. But otherwise, right, I wouldn't right. have this thing on my head. Would you ever consider wearing the same hat that Peter Boyle wears in Joe? <laughs> um, sure, for a bit. Yeah. Not, not. What is that hat? Is uh, it a pork pie hat? What is I, was, I, was, I don't, I don't know. know. What is that? What is that called? It's not. not a, sure. It's like a bowler cap. It's not quite a fedora. Right. <laughs> it's a, yeah it's an orgy I mean, hat i don't know it's like I, I think it actually yeah that is a bowler hat for yeah. sure that's a bowler hat yeah i think it would look good for you hans i think that's what you need to embrace is stop I wearing the like... snapback hats like you're young like you're not 39 <laughs> years old it's time I'm not to 39 you fuck <laughs> <laughs> not yet but yeah yeah maybe maybe i'll just do that i'll do the i'll do the uh shirt that doesn't go with a hat at all but i have to wear a hat because my head is horrendous you see that look of like t-shirt with fedora like v-neck t-shirt with a fedora the nostalgia critic look is what you're saying yeah 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 that's that's gonna be me that director's hat that's like a cab driver or whatever sure uh all right so let's get back to joe okay how did you discover joe Dude, I so I I watched this. I torrented this. I'm just gonna say that straight up. I torrented Dang. this like um, back in like 2016. I don't know wow. how I was it a I, .dot avi file. No, no, not dude. No, it was like uh, .dot mp4 MKW. or a, a, <laughs> yeah, or something like that. Yeah, mkv MK, MK, whatever. That... Mkv, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think I've ever torrented like a .dot avi file. Um, Back in the no, early days of torrents, I feel like that would be the majority of whatever you were downloading. That's a that's a telltale sign you're getting like a DVD, like an old school DVD rip. Is a .dot yeah. yeah, usually like um, yeah, I usually get like Blu-ray rips. Um, yeah, no, uh, but anyway, yeah. So I uh, I just randomly stumbled on it, and then I watched it, um, and it was. Yeah, it was it. Always, it stuck with me, so I wanted to revisit it. This is this is also my second time watching it. Um, but uh, the way I've I've um, the way I've, I've tried to get people to watch it in the past, like recommended it to people. I'm like, okay, so it's a blue collared guy and a yuppie get together, and then they kill hippies, which is a bit reductive um, if you think about like the the whole movie altogether. But I think that's just like a good. Uh, high concept way to just like pitch it to someone hey yeah just go watch this it's it's cool it's a good way of selling it even though it doesn't it doesn't really start like that it starts with like 20 minutes of teenage drama yeah you have (laughs) the susan sarandon character and her boyfriend and you don't i don't think you meet joe for i mean maybe about 10 15 minutes yeah i mean he pops up pretty late it feels like yeah 30 20 to 30 minutes like the first act is done by the time he he pops in it's kind of like a beetlejuice situation where he's got the title right. of the movie he's the star but beetlejuice doesn't show up for like a fucking hour so oh, dude, I, don't, I, don't, I haven't seen that it's forever <laughs> yeah. i i, I just, think 
I, I remember always being very disappointed by that and having to endure the Alec Baldwin, Gina Davis. Oh, we're ghosts. We're living in a haunted house. And I just want Beetlejuice, goddamn it. I want like the show. I want the cartoon. But yeah, I was about to say it's because of the cartoon, like that influence of the cartoon. I saw it last week and I still enjoyed it. I laughed a couple times. Still, it's still kind of. I wouldn't say it holds up, but it, it, it's set in such a weird world that it doesn't really feel old. Uh, it just feels like it's a you know like a different different universe or or something but it's still good i still enjoyed it well uh beetlejuice has nothing to do with joe so yeah i mean okay what what is it about this movie that i guess struck a chord with you where you do find yourself recommending it to people because you recommended it to me i know you got kino to watch it as well yeah um so i think that there's um it's especially at that period in the 70s i I would say that this is um this is it is exactly like nineteen seventy came out and it was probably made like shot I don't know when, but probably nineteen sixty nine or nineteen sixty eight. I I don't know uh about the pre production, but it just it, it hit at at such a time where it is this gritty um film and it kind of falls in line with um what I'd say like the uh new Hollywood uh 1970s uh films but it's also it's completely it's kind of like forgotten it's 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 definitely um um not as well known as like obviously a lot of those other movies but then it's also it looks at like american culture at that time and it it, it intersects so many different um cultures so like yuppies blue collared people hippies um also other counterculture people and um it doesn't really um it doesn't really pick a side or anything it just kind of shows them in all of their um like even though like all, all of them a lot of them are unlikable it doesn't really um take a political slant or anything which is interesting because like when i read the re- wikipedia apparently when they actually start shooting the hippies at the end people started cheering um so i guess it it did hit uh the a certain zeitgeist uh in uh in american culture at the time where people were like yeah fuck those kids but the movie isn't really about that um i think it's just like a really interesting cultural document in a way um gives a lot of insights to like the feelings um permeating at the time uh that's that's i guess yeah that's what really draws me to it plus it's just it's just cool (laughs) it's just a cool movie it's a very unique film you know his character is very like archie Mm bunker-esque and i don't know if all in the family was a thing at this time i feel like it was probably close so that's what i so i read that it was actually they based uh archie bunker's uh character off of him so yeah so all in the family came after this movie um oh wow yeah obviously they toned it down considerably He's mm-hmm. not just like screaming the N-word in bars. Yeah. <laughs> That's the first thing we hear from him when he's in well, he's not even introduced. He's just a, a guy at a bar just yelling the N-word and blaming them for things. <laughs> well, yeah, he kind of yeah. he does like a roll call of of just people yeah. he, he doesn't yeah. like. Yeah. That's that's essentially his character and what you get throughout the movie. It's nonstop that from him. Um yeah. so, but I mean Peter Boyle is such a like just generally a funny character actor that 
Like it, it's almost the same thing as the Archie Bunker effect, where you can almost uh, forgive all of his shortcomings just because he he's able to hold the screen so well. And yeah, he's he's a likable piece of shit. Yeah, <laughs> it's like there's it's uh yeah even like uh it, it does like when he all of this shit he's saying it's like it's so out there and so egregious, but I don't know. I guess for that for the time period and like for for that type of character, you're like okay, well. Well, he, he he works a shit job. He has a shit life. Uh, he's a fucking idiot. But, you know, but it, and it, he's, it, he's, it also feel, it feels very much like I'm just saying, you know, yeah, it's, yeah. It's not, he's not like he's not like all of you ends or whatever. He's like, I'm, I mean, this is just what I'm saying, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not unlike not in an unlikable way, even though he's saying horrendous things. Yeah. Uh, you know what it's like? It's like. Uh, I had this thought recently. If I if I met like um like a nine, I don't talk to like nine year old white people, like grandmas and grandpas who are white. But like if they weren't a bit racist, I would be disappointed. It's <laughs> right. be fucking weird, you know. You you expect that at least a little, at least uh, not hourly, but like it's gonna come out sooner or later. Yeah, there has to be something <laughs> that they're just not. They can't be fucking saying like uh, asking me about my pronouns or something, you know? Like, <laughs> right? That just be so fucking weird. Somebody's ninety-year-old uh, grandma has a she/her in her Twitter bio. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, where does this stack up for you as far as nineteen seventies crime films go? Because I, I enjoyed this quite a bit. I probably enjoy hardcore, and that's another Peter Boyle uh, film where he's playing like a CD private investigator I, I i would probably rank this above that although i would definitely say that this is uh like a pretty high quality film and uh i think the fact that it's kind of niche maybe gives it more of a luster it's not one of those go-to titles that you would revisit for the 70s uh yeah like hardcore has become um so I, would you say like this is a, a top tier film for that decade for you uh i guess i give it like i would say like uh thinking about like the tier list maybe like an a or a b tier uh you know um it's good it's not perfect by any means i think that um like it doesn't matter who directed this movie you, i don't get any personality from the director whatsoever it's kind of stagey um the pacing is sometimes it's a little bit off but there is there is like an undeniable charm to this movie um, and the, and it also it does add that to, uh, that it is this kind of like um, niche uh, film that especially the way I found it I kind of stumbled onto it. I was not expecting like thirty minutes in to hear <laughs> like the most racist thing yeah. <laughs> like I heard that year. Like um, it, like a lot of it just caught me by surprise the first time that I watched it, and even now revisiting it um yeah it's it's good it's it's definitely fucking solid i would yeah but what about what about you hans i mean you said you you said you did a double feature of, of joe and joe the david yeah. gordon green film really yeah because you thought because that I, was a I, remake i read that it was a remake of it i don't where did you read this where i saw that but i thought hold on that came out in 2013 right yeah it was kind of a yeah, comeback I, film for David Gordon Green. I mean, I you know I just watched Halloween Kills tonight. He directed that. Have you guys seen that yet? 
No, that was I downloaded it. so bizarre. But, it feels like he got a little too comfortable directing Vice Principles and um, Righteous Gemstones. And it's got, it definitely feels more like a Danny McBride, David Gordon Green film than a Halloween film. But maybe we'll talk about that on a... Weird. It, dude, it, it, it ends like a Brian De Palma movie. It is so oh, fucking really? strange. Yeah. It's, oh, okay. I, that's interesting. I, it's not like any other... They kind of mislead you a little bit. And it becomes like something else entirely i'm probably going to rewatch it after we do this show but well, it is you read it the last no that's not i try oh, i tried not... spoiling halloween kills on the last show we did because we were talking about the card counter and then we just like reached a we did like three hours 37 minutes <laughs> just bo- like it was maybe about 40 minutes of the card counter and we were just trying to keep it as long as possible so i i pulled up the halloween kills script and i started reading the ending to it <laughs> And uh, it's no that what what I got from the script is that it's nothing at all what I read. The ending is very different. So okay, okay. yeah, that's good stuff. because that ending was horse shit. That was, that was a terrible ending. <laughs> that ending yeah. was terrible. It was like run from him, and then she walks away or something like yeah. that. <laughs> it was it was very like basic, kind of a lifetime movie ending. Right. Stalked by my doctor too, sort of ending. Uh, that's not what this movie is. The movie is something else so are you big on horror movies at all Oki? yeah i mean i'm not like i don't i don't watch like every single like obscure like 80s uh jalio like uh or jalo i don't even know how to say it like uh horror movie i'm not mm. like one of those guys who like because some of those movies are just fucking shit to be honest oh, yeah. <laughs> like, they're, yeah. they're like <laughs> they're campy and they're like interesting like to watch a few of them but like i i can't just like like watch those all the time you know um but yeah i like, like there's movies. some one of the, one of the cool, cool artistic parts and then it's just like but the rest is just horseshit it's just yeah the it's dialogue like, is horrible the acting it's, is it, that's shit. a hard barrier to to pass through is the lip syncing of the english actor even though you have the italian actors trying to deliver the english dialogue it sucks uh yeah. if you want like a really bad one that goes like turns the corner into being good uh new york ripper is a very uh, strange film shot mostly in New York with Italian actors and uh, the killer quacks like a duck over the phone and taunts the police. He calls the police station every time he makes a call and leaves a weird message. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally like Donald Duck. And there was a weird sequence where like a, a, like a gang banger kind of rapes a woman with his bare foot. It's in a restaurant. It's a. It's not the best thing to witness, but it makes that's, it an interesting film. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That sounds like it would be easily avoidable. It's a foot. <laughs> <laughs> how are, how is your pole so? Yeah. Uh, anyway, he slides that's... it up her dress. It is like you like that, don't you? And he's got a buddy there who's like it's, holding on to her. It's a it's fucking fungus up her pussy. Yeah. Horrible. <laughs> so that's I didn't, it. I, yeah, I, I was doing a little bit of digging. I didn't know that the director of Joe went up to do classics like Rocky One, Karate Kid One and Two yeah. And, yeah. and Three. The same director as Rocky, the first one. Yeah. Uh, did he? Do, oh yeah, he did do the first one. Oh, I didn't John think G. That okay, yeah. Sylvester Stallone did the first one. Oh no, he wrote it. He wrote it. Yeah. 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 See, he like, did Karate Kid Three. I don't feel. I don't feel like a director's fingerprint on this movie whatsoever. <laughs> like, no. but I do feel uh, like I don't. You guys, um, you guys are familiar with Norman Wexler, right? Um, the writer. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Uh, so the name is definitely familiar. So he's done like Serpico, Saturday Night Fever. Um, Mandingo. I think he's written a bunch of books as well. Um, but a lot of his shit is like, it's kind of like this, like gritty, um, you know, and uh, deals with like difficult subject matter. Um, but are you guys, have you guys seen Saturday Night, uh, Saturday Night Fever? No, that's what I've been meaning to get around to. And from what I hear, it's, uh, you know, everybody has this kind of like Easy Rider, I think. And you can maybe you can confirm this or deny this. It seems like everyone has the impression that it's like a fun disco flick or something. No, and it's not it's that. Not. No, no, yeah. no. It's, yeah, no, it's depressing. Like, um, there's two rapes in it oh. <laughs> and a suicide. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's pretty heavy. Um, and wow. pretty much yeah. like all of the guys in John Travolta, uh, John Travolta's gangs, the gang is like, a you know, they're not really a gang. They're just like a crew of guys hanging out, but like, uh, they're all fucking like racist guidos. <laughs> like, of course. Like every, you mean just like, guidos? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, so like, like every woman's a cunt, you know, <laughs> every guy's. Well, I, I had no idea. I really thought I've never seen it because of that reason. Because I thought it was just some gay disco movie. So no, just no. Like, I'm never gonna watch this. Mm. There's a lot of like disco sequences, and like here's the other thing: John Travolta's dancing is like it's mid. It's mid as fuck. And there's yeah. nothing very <laughs> like, compelling about watching it. Um, so there's these long sequences of him dancing, which they're okay, but like compared to contemporary standards, or like you know. Or even like older like dance numbers in like nineteen fifties movies. It's just it's whatever. I guess it was is just it, like wait, no, go on. Sorry. Is it worse than his um uh Pulp Fiction dancing? Oh, oh well that's great. That's well I think that impressive. was intentionally bad too, right? Like that was that was like they were trying to do the Bond of uh depart kind of like um like uh Tarantino took that scene from that Jean-Luc Godard movie and like he repurposed it or no, maybe it was a, a Truffaut movie. It was, I don't know if it was Bond Depart, but it was either a Godard movie or a Truffaut movie where they like, they dance like this, like, yeah. Twist Tra- thing. yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, Tarantino, he repurposed that scene. Like he, like, I mean, most of his movies. He, just, supposed to say, he seems to do a lot of that, huh? He <laughs> a just, lot of, Hey, I saw that cool thing. Let me do it myself. <laughs> That's yeah. kind of become Paul Schrader's thing where he took the ending of, I believe it was um, Pickpocket, and he did it three times okay. over in his filmography with American Gigolo and Light Sleeper and now The Card Counter, and now it's Paul Schrader's thing. Just kind of, I think that more people probably know that dance from Pulp Fiction than they yeah. would uh, that film you just referenced. I know if you ever catch, like, I think it, there was like a references to Tarantino films on on Jimmy Neutron or something where somebody was dancing. Wow. Like that, and they didn't. Yeah. I don't know. This <laughs> is just a memory from like 15 years ago. That's what they referenced. SpongeBob. Not, not SpongeBob referencing uh, Clockwork Orange. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. No, I mean, obviously, like, yeah, because Tarantino's huge and those movies. I Yeah, definitely Pulp Fiction had more of a cultural impact than, like, not necessarily because of it, like, it's better or whatever, but just way more recognizable right i think i think that's totally fair to say that it had a more cultural impact as opposed to artistic impact i guess yeah um well everyone did you guys ever have the poster on the wall do you have one i had it on my door i had it on my door but 
Yeah, I got I got rid of it. You know, it was uh, it started to peel at the at the bottom. So I just I remember there was a time between like 2000. When did that come out? 2000 what or 90 what? No, Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction is like, like, like yeah, mid nineties. Like okay, that. because when when I was in, in college, my first time when I was like twenty twenty one, I remember everyone had that poster in their in the room of uh, yeah. Uma Thurman uh, with the magazine and everything. So that was that was that, like a cultural thing, like you said. Yeah, that yeah that that is it's a cool poster, uh, and she looks hot in it. Usually, I don't find Uma Thurman that hot, but in that movie, she's hot. You know, and, and what is why. it? Is it the wig? Is it the short cropped hair? The black wig? I think it's a. I think it's the wig and just like the attitude of her. Yes, it's when she's drooling all over herself and nodding off. It's the it's yeah. the borderline personality effects that makes like women somewhat like they're just hotter when they're fucking nuts. You know, you think you can fix her? Yeah, yeah, I can fix her. <laughs> That's the whole thing. I gotta shoot fucking adrenaline in her chest, which also is stolen. <laughs> That scene, the adrenaline shooting in the chest, stolen from a story from a Martin Scorsese documentary where he, he made a documentary of that guy who's selling the guns and uh, Taxi Driver. Mm-hmm. That's, some, that's a guy that just like hung around and he was actually like he was he was like uh, like he was he was a, like a junkie or something. He was like he, he did a bunch of like crazy shit and uh, Scorsese made a documentary about it. I mean, he tells that story. So Tarantino used that again. Something you saw in a movie. He just but it is. Yeah. You know, they were trying to do... I just saw this on the Wikipedia. Even though I hate podcasts, they just kind of straight read the Wikipedia page. What I found interesting here is that they tried to do a sequel for a while. And Canon Films was going to do it. But it never wound up happening. They even, like, took out... One of the great things about, like, the 1980s and even 90s is sometimes they would start advertising sequels before... There was ever even like a script that was ready to go, and then it would just be kaput. It's kind of like the Bubba Hotep thing, where you see at the end of the movie, oh, Bubba Hotep will return in, I think it was like some vampire film they were planning. Uh And there there seemed to be something earnest about that at the time. Maybe it was a little tongue-in-cheek, but they wanted to do that, and it just never happened. Yeah. Um, So I guess it's just like, yeah, testing the waters or something. Um I suppose that's like why they would do that. You're talking about Joe, right? That they were yeah. going to do a yeah, not David Gordon Green's Joe. I mean, we're talking about the 19 <laughs> the topic of this this program, 1970 Joe. They were going to do Citizen Joe in the 1980s, uh, and Peter Boyle, I guess, was saying that oh, Joe went to prison. He's reformed. Uh, the man has changed, but the times have not. He's back, Joe too. But the movie did not happen. Yeah, that wouldn't work too well. No, you're just removing everything that made the character interesting to it's, watch. And now. Yeah. Terminator 2, essentially. But you have Joe. He's kind of, well, I mean, is he a bad guy in this? Can we concretely say he's a bad guy in this film? No, he's just a loser. <laughs> he's yeah. a fucking pathetic dude. He's like, his whole, his life is shit. So then he looks at everybody else and he, you know, he, uh, he tries to feel superior to them. That's, that's. This is what he is, you know. But I do find it funny, like when you know, he like he slaps uh, what's his name, the guy's wife on the ass after. Oh yeah, (laughs) he does those little fucking things that make him old school and and um, also just 
like unsophisticated at the same time, you know, like. Well, even the killings are comedic because there's a couple of times or maybe once that happens that one of them runs away from the dad character and he's just there he's like hey got him you know like oh got it for you you know like even even the the murdering of hippies it's like it's whatever like he doesn't really care it's it's like second nature to him that's what he wanted to do right i mean that's like the reason like he he got involved with this this character and he didn't like you know try and bribe him he wanted to live through him um you know because he heard that he killed a hippie and it's like oh well i want to fucking do that i want to share that with you um so yeah he was down you know he was he was ready for that shit the couple scene was really funny to me when you bring these two rich people to this poor house and then uh the wife starts yapping he's like all right that's enough Uh, at one point (laughs) it's like all right you're getting too excited here with this conversation shut up woman and then go get the chinese food that we got for these rich people (laughs) when he doesn't want to give her like (laughs) the full amount of money (laughs) he gives her like one bill and like yeah no it's there's a charm to that um this relic who's like so openly um fucking yeah, unsophisticated. I guess that's the best way to describe them. It's that thing from the 70s where they would let characters be characters, right? Yeah. Uh, flaws and, and awful things and everything is still that character. So we're going to show him how the character will really interact with this world that he lives in. It's not sanitized in any way and it's as awful as the character is. And you would be able to get those types of characters in that era of movies. Now... Not so much. Otherwise, you're going to paint him as a villain or like the bad guy that everyone's going to be rooting against. Right. Or you would need some kind of moral reminder to come up every so often just to let you know how you're supposed to feel about the character. There's not really that exploration or going outside the the traditional archetype, uh, archetype lines like yeah. this this Joe character certainly does. Um, I'm cu- not, not to get too hung up on David Gordon. I was wondering what was the easier Joe to watch for you, Hans? Was it this one or was it the, the more recent Joe? I enjoyed the old one better. Uh, I don't know. The, the new one felt kind of, it dragged a little bit for me. And, and then the conflicts just felt very like redneck drama type of thing where it's like really like you're having fights and have you seen the other joe oki yeah and i don't even remember i'm just trying to like for some reason in my mind i'm like is that the fucking one with matthew mcconaughey that came out that's mud that mud came (laughs) out the same year i think it's like the same killer joe no 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 killer joe came out like 2007 or something that one's way different but mud and joe i remember are very similar in that they're two like they're southern guys who are kind of like roughnecks and they they start hanging out with a kid which is always a weird thing in in movies where it's like yeah the kid's like just hanging out with this fucking random dude Um, yeah it's like yeah i'm looking for a dad can you be my dad yeah it's (laughs) it's always that kind of shit um but like i i just remember watching mud and joe around the same time like this is the same fucking movie why didn't they (laughs) make it twice you know the most bizarre thing happened kind of recently i was in upstate new york checking out some shops in like a very portlandy kind of hipster town very small town I remember it in an early point in this podcast, you brought up mud out of the blue, Hans. I think I scolded you for bringing up mud just because that's such a 
who gives a shit movie. Yeah. And I was walking by a small family. It was actually a father and son. And the son was like a chubby little 13-year-old. And he was asking his father if he could watch Mud. <laughs> Mud, the Matthew McConaughey movie. And I was like, Mud? <laughs> this kid audience. wants to watch Mud. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the only person who would appreciate you, you trying to shoehorn that movie into this show. Uh, you probably listened to uh, Matthew McConaughey's audiobook recently yeah I don't know if it, does it. it have a chapter dedicated to it his production uh on mud i i wish i knew um but i was listening to like a come town clip where they're talking about the thing and then they play it and like matt mcconaughey's talking about his childhood and then randomly he said but and i got raped i guess he got <laughs> yes I, I remember God, this jesus I, yeah <laughs> just like it's you know it's what was the story i think he woke up in like some guy's car or something when he was 17 or 16 it was something like that yeah woke up yeah, in some just, guy's mouth it just it just yeah he just slips it in and yeah no, doesn't really touch it oh uh, after that i guess slips it in is a good way to put it I, yeah i know I, <laughs> it was a freudian slip i suppose just the future president matthew mcconaughey Oh yeah, he's I, running for Congress. Well, he, yeah, he wa- I think he wants to challenge the Texas governor, right? But he doesn't yeah. say anything political. He just kind of says a bunch of Matthew this McConaughey right. sayings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he right. called right. himself. He called himself like a philosophical poet or something, oh, a, a traveling off. poet or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, it, it, yeah. I read. Yeah, I read a statement, and it, it, it did reek of like fucking. Uh, privileged Hollywood class, uh, fancies himself kind of like a spiritual type, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, probably this just did guy, ayahuasca like two weeks ago. Like, you know, he, <laughs> he was making fucking romantic comedies for like 10 years of his career, right? Yeah. In the beginning, the, he was just. He was the poster guy. He was the guy on the poster who leaned on the girl <laughs> like this. That's yep. what his whole thing was. Was that movie called uh, Girl? girlfriend past or ghost something? of girlfriends uh, past yeah that was like, like the yeah. the end of that for him that i think flopped big time and then he was like i need to reevaluate my career yeah and then he started like it kind of started with like i guess like killer joe was like a weird departure for him at the time but like i even remember like when he early on like he was in contact and he was he was pretty he was pretty good like i like contact he's good in that I just watched that recently. That's why that's on my mind. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, for that's a while, that's one I I remember. I got from the video store when I was a kid, and I was so bored by it. Like I was oh, seven no, years old, ex- expecting an alien movie, and it's just like them <laughs> looking through data or something for ninety minutes of it, and then you get like one alien at the end, and it's Jodie Foster's dad or something. Yeah, I was yeah, like, it what is. The- I, that ain't a fucking alien. That's a ghost. <laughs> this is a ghost movie. Yeah, no, yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, no, and then they also kind of um make it seem like they leave it t- a little open-ended not really like it, it's clear that the, she she you know she traveled to a different galaxy but mm-hmm. because there's no uh nothing to back it up she has no evidence um of the thing like the the ship just like falls uh into the water and then and like everybody's watching but so it might have been like if you're a kid and you're watching like th- that it's like oh so she's just delusional i think it's a good movie though um i'm sure it's fine i again i haven't seen this since i was about seven years old so i'm coming in with a seven-year-old boy perspective Uh, you know who wrote it uh carl sagan 
Right. Uh, I think that's based on one of his books. Yeah, he wrote a book. Yeah, he was like trying to option it around Hollywood for, um, for the, during the early 80s. And then uh, finally he was like, fuck it, I'm just going to write a book. And, that, and he got like a $2 million advance to write the book. Um, and it did well. And then they eventually made a movie based off of it. Yeah, I, I, I didn't even remember McConaughey being in that. When it came to like earlier McConaughey performances, obviously like Dazed and Confused gets a lot of credit, but I mean, what is he really oh, doing yeah. in that film? He doesn't have too much yeah. range. He's just kind of fucking around. He's got a terrible mustache yeah. uh, and developing his persona. Uh, he's good in another movie I couldn't stand when I was a kid, which is the, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The New Beginning, where he oh, goes seen that. very over the top. Uh, that has him it's... and Renee Zellweger in it. And... Leatherface is a cross-dresser in the movie, so he's just, like, dressed up. It's Leatherface, but he's also dressed as a woman. He's trying oh, to be okay. sexy. And, yeah, uh, early Did that early come trends. out after Silence of the Lambs? Is that yes. what they're trying to do? Yeah, yeah I think okay. they were probably aping that. So okay, yeah. That came out in, like, 95 or so, and I remember hating that one when I was a kid. It was so just kind of dull. Yeah. And it's like, it's a pseudo remake of the first one, but you have like prom kids or whatever. And I, people have come around to it now and it probably has something to do with McConaughey being wealthy and famous and one of the most liked actors in the world. But for mm -hmm. me, it was just not my cup of tea. I'm sure it aged like the second Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That was a bomb when it came out, but that's my favorite to watch because of how ridiculous and how, funny it is uh so that's probably one that we should revisit i'm sure it's 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 a fun watch just because of how over the top it is and how the performances are so out there you know uh out there evil that he he is in that um what's the i thought the the jessica beale one when we're talking about the texas chainsaw massacre one that one's pretty all right you know when it comes to remakes the Michael Bay produced remake. Yeah, that that's probably the top of the line for those those films that got released in the early aughts when they were just remaking every 80s property or slasher property to be more exact. Yeah, uh, the others, they are what they are. I thought the Friday the 13th one was pretty good. Mm -hmm. But um, I don't know. Oki, do you have do you watch like horror movies around Halloween? No. I'm very much not like, I don't really get into the tradition of things at all. Um, I'm just like, it's just another month, I suppose. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not really the type to, I just watch whatever, whatever. I feel like it seems interesting you to a, me. You don't have a calendar of like every day a horror movie? No. You buy uh, like chocolates on Christmas where you just have one every day leading up to Christmas Eve, but horror movies. Yeah, I've been, I've been calendar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. No, I'm not. I'm not an old white lady. <laughs> <laughs> by the what? way, uh, have yeah. you seen Frailty from? Uh, oh, directed by Bill Paxton. Um, he directed and, that. Yeah, and uh, it stars uh, and it stars him and Matthew McConaughey's plays his dad in it. Um, like he, he plays his dad in flashbacks uh, in that. Oh, movie. okay. But that, it's like um, it's a really creepy um good movie the ending of that movie takes a huge swing that i i quite like we can spoil that right now hop out if you haven't seen frailty so the dad right. is like uh oh ah. god god is telling me <laughs> yeah. i have ah. to murder people uh and such and such and then somehow this gets like proven to be actually correct because there's like a security cam 
that's recording McConaughey during the interrogation or something, and it blips at the wrong time, and it kind of insinuates that God is telling this family to go around killing people. Hell Are there yeah. demons? I think that's what it was. I haven't watched it's it in a while. Like, meant to be like the Antichrist, like a false false god. Like usually, like, I guess that's what they would say. Like in Christians, do you think? Say. No, I believe it was that... Jesus. I think Jesus was instructing <laughs> Jesus him to, kill, like, yeah, to wipe those kill. people out. <laughs> Yeah. You think no. the last temptation of Christ stole that from this movie? Oh man. <laughs> have you you guys have seen it, right? When he's I've never, like you never seen it? Okay. No. Never mind. I'm not gonna I'm not Why gonna Why don't you explain the film? Really good. Last temptation of Christ. So it's about Jesus and he's horny. <laughs> and then oh, he yeah, wants okay. to kill people. It's Willem Dafoe. And, uh, and he's the ugliest Jesus ever, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fucking Willem Dafoe being horny with an axe. Did um did Christian groups get pissed off at that movie? Or... Oh yeah, they were yeah. protests. The cat the Catholic Church organized all kinds of protests around that film, and it was kind of like the prototype to the Passion of the Christ. But mm-hmm. obviously, that one was the ADL when we kind of had twenty years later. Catholic groups oh. did not love the idea of Jesus getting it on and having a family and being like a real man. That movie was yeah. banned from coming into this country. I remember very really? vividly that in the oh, newspaper, really? there was like La Ultima Tentación de Cristo is pro- prohibited to come into the country because everyone's Catholic here. And so that, when I saw it, that's like what piqued my interest pretty much. So I was like, oh, I wonder what's so bad about this movie. And then you see it and it's like, there's he's just human. Like there's nothing outwardly offensive or anything in it. It's just, you know, uh, religious people don't want you to think of Jesus as like a, three-dimensional person i think that's like one of the only scorsese movies i haven't seen that and uh his first one alice what is it alice alice doesn't live sweet alice yeah yeah alice Alice, sweet alice (laughs) (laughs) alice doesn't yeah i haven't seen those two i i'm pretty sure that those are the only two i haven't seen but i obviously haven't seen like uh, a lot like his documentary some of them uh like I'm not going to watch like a fucking documentary, but like the Rolling Stones concert. Like, it's like, oh, yeah. It's so boring to me. I don't want to watch that. I tried to watch that Bob Dylan one that was on Netflix. Uh, I think it's called Bob Dylan in the oh, yeah, Rolling Thunder well. Review. And um, I guess like there's a gimmick to it that I didn't understand because I'm not a fan of Bob Dylan. I just kind of went into it like, oh, it's Martin Scorsese. I guess I'll check it out. Uh, where it turns out to not be a documentary, it's actually fiction or something i might have this wrong i'm i'm i i, I didn't get it obviously and i was not that, that sounds big very of it. very bob dylan-esque um, yeah what's that fucking movie that they made about like you're never Dunk- here or you're never really yeah, here don't or look, something like don't that? look here yeah something like that yeah where, where he had like he had uh, and- playing him like five different people playing bob dylan and mm-hmm. one of them was like a ch- train hopper and then the other one was like uh Kate Blanchett <laughs> like there was just like it was just a bunch of people and then um yeah it was... Joaquin Phoenix I think isn't it no no yeah. no that's I'm still here he's, he's oh he's not Christian Bale sorry Christian yeah that's Bale's what I that's what I was getting at yeah 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 what what did I say don't look here yeah yeah I'm still here um that's the name of it I thought that one was okay um I was granted I was into Bob Dylan at the time um I was young so I thought the like now I kind of like look back at especially like 60s Dylan I'm like that guy is such a pretentious piece like he sucks such a- <laughs> <laughs> I think oh. everyone goes I remember going through a Dylan phase too and, and then just looking back it's kind of like oh this guy kind of sucks <laughs> this is not yeah. you know, it's kind of corny and 
fucking. He bad. had a. I think he had a film that he maybe directed or produced and then starred in also, maybe about eight or nine years ago. This was fairly recent when he looked all dried up, which has been most of his career, I guess. But yeah, like it, it like especially recent. I'm like Bob Dylan decided to star in a film. That seems unwatchable. Yeah, that that's like that's. I'm surprised. He doesn't have like much charisma or, Not or seemingly all. any energy at all. Like no. I can't I can't imagine him appearing in a film as anything other than Bob Dylan, but I'm pretty sure he was playing a character too. Hans, are you looking this up right now? Yeah, I, I am. Find it. I let me see. You like, said he directed this or just No, no, no. I, I don't know if he directed it, but it was like his thing. I I think he starred in it and maybe produced it. And it premiered in Sundance or Cannes. Mass was... Anonymous. Maybe. It says a singer whose career has gone a downward spiral is forced to make a comeback to the, to the performance stage for a benefit concert, and he plays Jack Fate. Wow. <laughs> he yeah, plays that's the thing Jack about... that's, that's very... Thing what is Garth Dylan. Brooks' character that he hops into? Do you know who I'm he, talking about? I don't, I don't know, but I, that yeah. sounds very Dylan-esque to me. Like, that's kind of what he does, is, like, he, he's always been inventing personas and hiding behind those things, and, like reinventing himself as well he he does seem like someone without like oh, like wow. an identity whatsoever you know it's just it, like it's, he's masquerading a lot um throughout his it has, his a, uh, has a huge cast because john goodman jessica lynch jeff bridges penelope cruz luke wilson angela bassett ed harris val kilmer <laughs> bruce dern Chris Penn, Mickey Rourke is in it. Oh, Chris Penn is in it. This is a yeah. I thought Chris Penn was dead by that point. Uh, this is 2003. Oh, to uh, that. Oh, I thought this was 2012 or something. My mistake. Yeah, no, that's that's a long time. I mean, he was probably only 60 years old during that time. I had the idea that 80 year old Bob Dylan was leading a feature film. I mean, it was probably not much better, but it's, it's the fir- first film that Larry Charles directed. Larry Charles, uh, the uh, Seinfeld guy? No. Not Larry David. Uh, I think Larry Charles is a writer. And he did a documentary for Netflix, I think, about certain strains of comedy. And I remember he interviewed, like, Baked Alaska or something to talk about alt-right comedy. Uh, oh, really? The comedians? Yeah. That's, yeah. Oh, and I, here's what I remember. I remember watching somebody stream and Baked Alaska made like an appearance. He, like he was getting yelled at by somebody. I think it was one of the blood sports streams. And uh, he was like, oh, yeah, my friend Larry Charles, he's doing a documentary on me and, and all <laughs> how, how all comedy is good comedy. Like completely naive to the fact, like thinking that Netflix would green light. Yeah, alt-right people are OK. And that would be a thing. He just, he just did one with um... – Louis Theroux. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Louis Theroux. He he yes. uh, he's making a documentary, and he was following Baked Alaska uh, while he was streaming, and like TTS was going off, it's just blasting the N word. Like, oh, <laughs> 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 um, there's like this whole stream of it. It's just it's it's wild. But all of yeah, them, we- like they they got into like this Discord um, group, and they had this meeting that got leaked, where fucking Nick Fuentes is like chastising all of them. It's like um like like as if he's a general and they're at war and he refers to himself as a general as well which was which was bizarre um but they're all like freaking out about like louis theroux's intentions with the with the documentary like as if of course it's like 
liberal uh, uh, documentary filmmaker from the BBC is going to just like make uh, like like a documentary that that makes them look good. Like I don't know why they yeah. didn't realize that going in. Louis Theroux is doing a pro Gavin McGuinness documentary. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> he's just letting him talk while he stands awkwardly next to him on cam on camera. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was called Larry Charles' Dangerous World of Comedy. Dangerous course, World of Comedy, okay. which is Dangerous. a very cringy fucking name. That Ugh. was a terrible documentary, too, by the way. But I, I, I watched. I think like it might have been broken up into episodes, or at the very least, it was segments. And I checked out the first one, and I was like, all right, let's see what this Baked Alaska alt-right thing is about. And, uh, of course, it was just all terrible. But Baked Al- he made Baked Alaska look like even more of an idiot than he actually is. That guy uh, is was such the... a fucking idiot. He's, he's, yeah, he's, gonna, um... he's, the, he's the prime example of, like, an internet celebrity from that time that just has no talent whatsoever and managed to get by. Like, just being in the right place at the right time. Yeah, he, he just wrote the... The, the mega wave basically and uh yeah the alt-right wave but he uh he's gonna he's gonna be cross-examined by a prosecutor in court on the 19th i can't wait to listen to that did um, he show up for probably, january 6th or something yeah I, no so this is for because he he goes he um he pepper sprayed a bouncer so he had this thing in his streams where uh he would content spray people so he would just like anybody who like um even like remotely threatened him not even threatened him just kind of like like just you know said like what what the fuck's wrong with you turn turn your speaker off he would he would pull out his mace and spray them and there's a there's a compilation if you look on youtube of him like spraying at least like a dozen individuals um you know and uh the, the chat just going like content spray content spray so he sprayed a bouncer uh, and he got arrested, like, I think it was like a year and a half ago. Um, so the, the earlier court date, um, he, it was like uh, in September. So that was his, by the way, his, his, his attorney is terrible and, and laughable, almost just as laughable as him. So <laughs> I can't wait to listen to a prosecutor uh, cross-examine him because that it's just it's not going to go well for him i don't think would that, would that constitute as assault yeah uh, right yeah of course yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i don't know i don't know the rules <laughs> yeah ha- have any of these alt-right celebrities managed to like not spiral into oblivion like, i guess the closest thing would be nick fuentes but he did the uh I think he did like an MTV documentary and was expecting that to be good, but that was a little old. And now you just kind of look at him now. Like people were taking him seriously during the election. I know that. And you see him storming conventions, shouting Groiper over and over with a bunch of nerdy looking guys. It's a very (laughs) sad state of affairs. But I mean, that's probably like the best case scenario for any of them. Baked Alaska, obviously total mess. Andy Worski. I think he pulls a gun out uh, on on stream. That footage of him out in the middle of the street screaming, get back, get back get and back. having a gun in his hand. No, actually, no, he didn't have the gun. His friend had the oh, gun. Yeah. And he was like, oh, yeah, his friend pulled it out. Yeah. He was trying and to work guys, his friend up to like threaten him with the gun. These, that these guy, guys, the, the guys just... that were like, they weren't even like, they didn't even attack them yet. They were like fucking half a kilometer away. And they pulled out the gun like immediately. And just like, 
Right, you can just stand your ground, bro. You can just stand your ground. <laughs> like they're just like <laughs> fucking muttering amongst each other, commiserating about like how they're gonna fucking pull a gun on someone. They're just like they're all fucking retarded. Like also, like you look at like what happened like with Tonka, like and uh, like Ethan Ralph. Also, he's like in and out of court now, and he's suing a bunch of people. It's just like everybody in that uh, sphere seems to just um, have gone gone down like a a legal uh quagmire or just complete degeneracy wasn't that guy that would host those blood streams and then yeah. take blood take yeah. uh yeah and then he would take credit for all of it even though no one was there to see him yeah everyone was there yeah. to see everyone else and then he i i remember there was a I, i've been watching because i'm so out of the loop with like youtube creators and i've been watching those short documentaries that people make in there and uh i remember one of them where he just goes crazy i think he takes his shirt off and everything he's like i made this like i'm the star here or whatever and it's i just can't like, imagine he would ethan ralph would take his sh- haven't you seen that one photo of him no 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 not ethan uh, worski worski oh uh, worski yeah worski yeah. was a massive cokehead um but um i don't know if he's if he's still a cokehead but yeah during that whole period he was like yeah, he was doing a lot of coke. But then um, Ethan Ralph says that same shit that like he he believes like he made the whole thing, even though he was just the host. And like he's pretty much um, made uh, blood sports all about himself. Like it's just a show where he's like kind of because it, it used to be like it was just a bunch of Internet spurgs getting getting together and yelling at each other. And that was it was entertaining because it was a shit show. It was no one was there to watch, you know, Ethan Ralph or whatever. But um yeah, Ethan Ralph, he 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 went down his uh fucking redneck uh ego got the better of him and he he believes that like yeah, it's all it was all him. He made made all of it. But he's he's a fucking idiot like like even after um cuz he he was the one who shot the the footage of Christian being arrested and then afterwards he's like all of my haters doubted me <laughs> shit. Yeah. Like, wow what a big claim to fame what a big accomplishment he's <laughs> yeah, like you see i i and i, I and i'm a legend on the internet and all this oh, shit um, fuck. It, it, it's like the, men, the mentality that people had in like myspace days but when they were teenagers but he's 30 something right i think he's like he's like no he's, he's gonna be like in his 40. 40s i would be yeah. stunned if he was under the age of 40 let's see his stomach looks like a literal ball sack yeah it's 36 what jesus christ that's he's one year older than me yeah. he looks terrible for 36 but it's like that because you know he's like a hardcore alcoholic too. Hans, can um, we pull up the screen share real quick and get this yeah. photo of Ethan Ralph's stomach? I just want that just on look, screen for look the up show. Gunt, Ethan Ralph Gunt. <laughs> Have you seen this before, Hans? Oh God, no! Oh well. Jesus! Why is it hanging out of this? Okay, because he's Hold like on. he's got his arms up or something. His shirt's a little too small. He should go a size up. He's got to get the like the long bedtime. Uh, uh, shirts that they sell, like uh, Ebenezer Scrooge going to bed. He needs one of those. Oh my! There. Reddit, of course. Uh, Ethan Ethan Ralph posing with Dick Masterson and and two other guys I don't recognize. Yeah, I don't know them either. Is... Look at him. Look on the left. He's cool. He's got a cigar. There's nothing cooler yeah. than a guy chomping on a cigar. It's his Wikipedia page. Yeah, photo. It's pretty cool. 
cool guy. I wonder who picked that. That that girl um, yeah. with uh, like I don't know. You passed it. Um, there was a picture of him with a girl. She she's like a meth head. Uh, and then when she left, not this one. So this one's a, oh. a like a pedophile. She's into anime, uh, children porn, lolicon. Oh but the other one uh, at the Which bottom one? there, who looks like like she's diseased. Uh, this one, she um, she's she's a meth head, eighteen year old or something, or nineteen year old. And he released uh, revenge porn of her after they broke up, uh, where he's like, you know. He fingers her asshole with his thumb and then smells it. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, Classy fella. <laughs> winning the culture war. Yeah, he's really winning the culture war. <laughs> That's like, you know, it is. Uh, it's very cathartic for me as a pretty liberal, not necessarily very liberal, but you know, left of center, not racist person, to see the fucking <laughs> the the all of these guys just being just lol cows. What what is it? Hold on. There was a Oh my god, shot is that real? No, yeah, that's a, real. That, oh, that's no. really him. I I I would no. Okay, that's probably a Photoshop. That looks like a That looks like it's somebody who looks like him but isn't him. But it so also is a mugshot, right? Yeah, there's a I saw I thought two mugshots he went by. What did he get arrested? Oh, what is it? Hold on. Oh, there's he a page punched, right here. There's he an arrest tried, right here. He tried to punch a cop a female cop in like 2016 assault and battery third degree i don't know yeah. what does Ooh, he somebody had close. acne back then you see that you see the redness on it he looks like i don't yeah. know if you saw squid game but after the lead character gets his hair dyed in squid game he suddenly has really bad acne that they couldn't cover up with makeup that's what he looks i don't like even right notice there. that and i liked those squid games it's good i, I thought, thought it was really, great i didn't like that like the the ending was a little bit underwhelming and like the yeah. whole the whole thing with the cop felt like it it just it was almost Didn't, useless at the yeah, end. Yeah, that wasn't particularly satisfying. Kind of just petered out on its own. You didn't really need that. Uh, yeah. But the, the I thought the ending was fine, but it did remind me it was a TV show and not a movie. It's yeah. like oh oh right, we get another season to do. I would much rather they just do. And I, we're gonna do a future show on on Squid Game at some point, so I don't want to get too in the woods on it. But um, uh, it, it did remind me like. Yeah, this is going to follow this character. They're not going to take the right approach, which would probably be showing another Squid Game, all the character, all brand new characters. Maybe you go back mm-hmm. in time, even, or you can you can do that any number of ways. When you get so hung yeah. up on the one character, then and he's great. I thought that guy was fantastic, but I don't I don't need him to carry the series. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, exactly. I, I would focus. say like just cap it off and like just make it like a one limited series but yeah it also makes sense to just like if you want to if you want to do it again yeah just i think I, it's way too character. big now they're gonna they're gonna do something with it and it's gonna i feel like it's gonna take a resident evil movie series approach where it's just like yeah we got all these characters we could do but we're gonna give you the mila jovovich character who's just made up for this movie and i know you like resident evil but this is actually gonna be mila jovovich the movie and i'm her husband and i'm gonna put her in every film we're gonna show her great legs <laughs> and a russian attitude and that's what this series is gonna be about now it's gonna be about my wife this is this very good Paul W.S. Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would be more interesting if you focus on the front guy, I think it's called, the guy with the black mask, because then you can just change the cast and be whatever, and then he's the main guy, or, because he doesn't really do much with that guy. Well, that, that guy 
is a very famous Korean yeah, actor. He's a, yeah, he's awesome. Um, he's in the fucking uh, the. I saw the devil. I saw the devil and uh, Mm. another one um, from 2005 where he plays like, like an enforcer for like for the Korean mob, and then he's supposed to kill the boss's girlfriend, um, and he doesn't. I forget the name of it, but that that's another one that's really good. Yeah, he's in a bunch of uh, Korean movies. He's really good. Yeah, I, I think he might have been in an early Park Chan Wook film that's not come, or maybe Bong Joon Ho, uh, one of one of the one of the big guys um, mm-hmm. that he also appeared in when he was much younger. I, I was very caught off guard by how old. I mean, he doesn't even look old, but just how old he looks compared to like my mental image of him. Yeah, they, he looked he looked rough in Squid yeah. Game. Yeah, um, he was in uh, GI Joe: The Rise of Cobra. Oh, yeah, he was. Yeah, cool. so he made it. He's a big <laughs> yeah. Hollywood star now. Uh, how long until we see a, a, an English version of Squid Game? Like a proper... I mean, maybe they won't do it because it is popular in America and Korean, but I feel like it's only a matter of time before we see like a, another country's offshoot. Like I could imagine... Um, India is going to do it. India, oh, Yeah, India will for on. certain do it. They don't even need to secure the rights over there. No. They don't care. <laughs> They're just going to fucking do it. <laughs> they just they get real people and actually kill them. <laughs> Dude... Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, remember after Parasite came out and Jack Nicholson was like, yeah, let's remake it. Like, <laughs> like there was yeah. a whole plant. Um, they're, they're still going. Squid Game. It's, Mark Ruffalo is still attached to that Parasite, but they're going to do it as an HBO show. It's going to be prestigious. It's going to be. That's so stupid. Like, just, oh, man. I don't know if you guys saw that uh, Danish movie, The Guilty, uh, which I, I think is great. And then they just recently uh, on Netflix a version with J- uh, Jake Gyllenhaal came out and it's the same fucking movie, but with just worse direction, uh, directing. So it's like, it just feels useless. It just, the only reason they made it is, you know, for people who just won't watch, uh, watch something with subtitles and that's it. But. Well, that's always the case, right? You have the rec movies where they remake it into quarantine, but because that wasn't a hit, they didn't continue with the franchise. Oh, you, you're wrong about that. There's quarantine too, but it, they is? don't follow. Yeah, there is. It was direct to DVD. They didn't follow what rec two. I don't th- look. The, I think the first rec movie is great. I think no. all the sequels are terrible. Mm-hmm. I think it completely kill again, missing the point of why that first thing was great. It takes it in another direction, tries to focus it on that reporter woman, and then they get – they don't even do, like, found footage, I think, by the third one or even parts of the second one. They just do a straight-up movie, and it's like, I'm good. It focuses on religion, too. It's like, that's not why we're here. I don't care about I, I, Listen, I, I didn't mind thing. that aspect, similar to frailty with God being the ultimate killer of all. Wreck <laughs> uh, being, oh, this is actually possession. There's, there's demons as opposed to just, like, zombies, which is what Quarantine did, which is, like, that's – so old hat. It's like, oh, wow, something broke out in a lab. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen that well, before, yeah. have we? Uh, let the right one in did the same thing too, right? Yeah. What was the American yeah. one? Yeah. Let me in. Let me in. Yeah. It's just, yeah. It's not... That's a, that, that one really bothered me too because, I don't know, it's just so unnecessary. That I think let, let the right one in. It's like, it just has this perfect tone to it and atmosphere mm. that I don't know if they captured it in the American remake. I, I, I didn't watch it, but. Just no, you got so the useless. Olsen. Isn't the Olsen sister the one no, that no, no. starts? It's, or no, uh, 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 Chloe, Chloe Moretz. Grace Moretz. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I, yeah. 
It's the only thing I think about is her fucking shoulders. She looks like a yeah. linebacker. <laughs> and that that movie, it's so perfect for what it is. That let the right one in. That when you try to re- remake it and make it pretty, it's like you completely lose the point of what the first one was trying to do and accomplished. Yeah. And then you just you Hollywood it. And, and why would I watch that? It's it's so weird that uh, because I, I don't know if it's true what what they believe in Hollywood that Americans. Or, or refuse to read subtitles or refuse to watch a movie because of the subtitles. I don't know if that's true, but that's like the excuse they always give to well, uh, Netflix remake them. Netflix programs Squid Game with the English dub as the yeah, default that, setting. So they do that with everything. Like, yeah, I've, I've caught myself so many times watching something and I'm like, okay, this is off. And then I check and, oh, okay, this is the dub. So I have to s- switch it. Yeah. They also have like Horrible. the trailer with the, with the dub. It's just, it's really stupid. Um, I blame the audience. I guess it's like, you know, it's it's a reflection of what the, like, you know, people, it's the audience and the engagement from the audience. They probably yeah. notice that people click it more when it seems like it's English. I, I, I think there's definitely something to that where your average film goer is just not going to, I mean, most, a good portion of them aren't going to tolerate whatever wall is in front of them processing and enjoying the yeah. art, you know, and, and yeah. a lot of them just want dumb shit. So Mm-hmm. that's that's it's, i think it's... i think that's a legitimate thing but i mean it, it feels like a very antiquated action nowadays to do the english language remake because who who is that actually winning over let the right one in old boy all these films that we're talking about don't really gain any sort of esteem and they're not popular no. at the box office there's definitely something that's lost in that adaptation they were making the raid in english which is just why there's, there's no barely, point in doing there's that. There's not much dialogue in the original one. Like that's not the point of it. It's not about it's about the action. And it's like, yeah, let's just make it an American version of it. Let's put fucking Chris Pratt at the helm and he's gonna be fighting people or whatever. It's just it's I, don't, be I, mean, like I don't know if he's million, attached to it, but like they're not even gonna be able to like tr- like I, the the fight choreography is so um it's it's distinct to that movie. Like you, what are you gonna yeah. replicate the fight choreography? What's the point? Like uh, it's just it's just dumb. I I I really fail to even think of like an English language uh, English eh, English language remake that I've actually thought was superior to the original movie. Like um, I'm trying like I'm trying to rack my mind. Has that ever happened? And I'm not sure. Um, Only when they're like not directly a remake. Like uh, one that people bring up all the time is what is it? The Departed, I think, which is like oh, oh the Departed is better. Some other Internal movie, affairs, but yeah, yeah. Okay, so but is it is it like the same movie pretty much or it has well, a lot right. of the same plot elements, but it's not. Yeah, it's like, very bizarre seeing Japanese people speak with Boston accents throughout. <laughs> the... <laughs> yeah, Marco Wahlberger. Uh, yeah, I don't. So and especially with the internet now, where you can just get it any movie you want. Maybe before the internet, where it was difficult to find that Korean. Uh, VHS or DVD that made sense I guess but now you can google it and download a torrent or like rent it somewhere uh, everything is accessible unless you're looking for it's pat apparently which you couldn't oh. find anywhere well, they should do a uh, Korean it's you could do a <laughs> Korean Joe you know what I noticed after Squid Game because they're like other titles you might like they, de- they, they did a remake in Korea of designated survivor I watched it and- you watch that? Yeah, the first. It's only one season. It's pretty. It's pretty all right. You know, it's good. I haven't My watched the original was, American one. 
stuff. How how does that work for for the? I mean, obviously they can't so just what, do. So what they did is, um, it was North Korea that they thought attacked. Like I don't know if you watched the American designated survivor, but they it's pretty much like the same plot, but like they tighten it up and change like certain elements. So like uh, the Korean Congress building uh, is bombed, and then they think North Korea did it. Um, but then it turns out, no, maybe not. Um, so, but it, it is interesting. It's like, like it get, it, I like the perspective that, cause you don't really get to see that unless you watch Korean movies, like the um, thing between South Korea and North Korea and their, uh, their adversarial political relationship. Mm-hmm. But South Korea does remake a lot of American movies and television shows. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, I think there's a there might be a South Korea maybe it was China did what women want the Mel Gibson movie from like 2000 oh, and that wow. was more popular I think in Asia than that movie was here and that was like a sold out blockbuster film so yeah they I mean I've never seen any of those you know on the subject of um on uh, Indian remakes one that I have seen of it not an American film but a Danish film Nicholas Winding Refn's first film Pusher Oh, they, they made an Indian that. language remake of that? Yes. Yes, oh, they did. What is that like? Um, so it's essentially – so the UK also did a remake of Pusher in 2012. Oh, yeah, yeah, they did, yeah. And they, they were a little too hyped up on Drive during that time, so they tried to make – oh, this is the Drive version of, of Pusher, and that yeah. was not very good at all. The Indian remake actually is better than that, and it's a pretty good movie in general, uh-huh. except – the ending has one key difference. Now, in Pusher, we're spoiling all sorts of movies tonight. At the end, Frank, the lead character, is going to have to pay back his drug dealer some money that he's got. But the drug dealer is going to kill him. Yeah. So he's going to go there and he's going to get off. But then the girl he's with steals the money, takes off, and Frank is fucked. And mm-hmm. you're kind of left. It's open-ended. What does Frank do? We learn in a sequel, Frank just disappeared. Smartly. Yeah. Saved his life. Um, in the in, Indian one, there's a dance number at the end. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> the dance battle. <laughs> Here's what happens in the Indian one. All that that I just said, and you get to the point where he's going to deliver the money, but then Indian Frank talks to God, and God talks. A lot of God talk on this show tonight. God endings is really the theme of this show. Joe should have had a God-like ending. I like God uh, movies. <laughs> I like God's Not movies. Dead, one, two, three. Kevin Sorbo, classics. That's what I call <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, so Indian, Indian Frank talks to God, and uh, he has a moment with God, and not dissimilar to Bill Paxton and Matthew McConaughey, what God says is, you have to go kill all the bad guys and right all the wrongs. So then he turns into <laughs> a traditional action hero, kills all the bad guys, rights all the wrongs, and his, you know, his life works out just fine. And that's oh. Indian. How many... How many arms does that God have? Do they show it? <laughs> they don't show. I remember it takes. He sees God in like a club or a bar or something. And it's just literally a light coming down. It's very angelic, like old school Christian imagery, like you would see in a book, which makes it all the stranger. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's otherwise. I mean, even with that, it's kind of a fun remake. It's not a bad movie. Yeah. Okay, I'll check that out. Um... I mean, the, the ending sounds shit, but... Yeah, I kind of just ruined <laughs> it, would be it for interesting. you. But listen, if you went into that and you got that ending, not knowing that, I mean, just ima- that's it what I dealt with. It, would, it wouldn't... Uh, it wouldn't be nearly... It's like, 
it wouldn't like that movie like that ending in the first yeah in the first Bushra movie that that's kind of that makes the movie in a lot mm. of ways especially the hopelessness of it kind of um mm. i really like that yeah what if that happened in the original pusher <laughs> uh, we would not have seen drive only god forgives <laughs> yeah. the other. would not have a career <laughs> you know it is funny like uh indian movies like for the most part they are like most of them are not gritty dark movies but there are no. a few like good prime thriller movies and um there's this one gangster epic called the uh, gangs of rat wasapur wasapur something like that it's actually that. a gangs of new york remake but done in india no it's not um not at all <laughs> um you would think but that's not that's not what it is uh it's like this small village where it's just a bunch of gangs and it and it follows like generations of family um um in different like like each hour they'll switch to like the son becomes the gang leader and then the grandson and it just like but it's like fucking properly gritty and and it kind of has that same feeling of um like i don't know if you've ever seen gamora yeah like it it, it kind of it's shot like that and it feels like that um and it it, it doesn't pull any punches it's like it is like 100 percent like really dark so dark that it did not do well in india whatsoever it's uh mm. it's way more popular with like foreign audiences um uh, what i what i love about indian films is that uh every leading man just looks like me has the same face <laughs> as me my same face shape and body shape as me i is can just guy, go over to india at any time and be tom cruise is that guy in three idiots uh who's like a huge uh oh yeah amir khan yeah amir khan has those like big floppy ears um <laughs> Yeah, he looks just like a normal dude. Um but yeah, he's got some decent movies. I mean like yeah, Three Idiots is really good and then that Doesn't he have a series that's kind of like Mr. Bean? I have no idea. I have no idea. Um because I've I've, seen I've seen that face on like goofy uh movie covers. Uh well he's five four. That's pretty funny. Uh PK. Do you know PK? I've, no. I've, I haven't seen it. Um, I've never seen it, but he just looks like he. Let me show you. Uh, he looks like a goof. Yeah, he uh, does this. He does this face a lot. Yeah. yeah, he's playing an alien in this movie. Yeah, I remember. Oh, is that what that is? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Look at him. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that, that's why I thought it was like Mr. Bean. Another character like from Indian. Lazy Town. That could be you, huh? Indian, <laughs> Indian Mr. Bean. Yeah, because this look. That's the is kind that of hair you, think you, you look get, like. Hans. Is that what you think you look like, Lores? Yeah. <laughs> that you're gonna go to India and become a star like this guy? This guy is a mega star in India. Like, I mean, he's huge. He's not. He's got his own production company. Uh, I'm not sure he directs it, but he's like definitely producing and like calling the shots on all these movies. Like, he's got like a lot of creative control, and like his movies are like huge box office hits. Um, there's this one movie that's actually really good, um, where it's his daughter and like, he teaches her wrestling. Um, I forget the name. Oh yeah. Dangle. Um, I definitely recommend that. It's, it's good. That's a horrible title though, especially if it's about wrestling your daughter. Dangle. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even remember why it's called Dangle. I think it has something to do with like wrestling or something. Sure. Uh, did you ever see the Gamora TV show? They just added no. that to HBO Max. I guess they, 
I don't know if it has anything to do with the the movie, but Gamora, which was, I, I read the book not long after the movie came out, and the book's very good too. I think it's more based around that, but then they take it in like another direction. They kind of want to do like a more modern Italian gangster take on it as opposed mm-hmm. to Gamora, which was kind of like it seemed way grittier and it seemed like yeah. way way more like on the ground compared to oh it's guys driving fancy cars and wearing three piece suits and I remember I remember my cousin recommending me to watch the T V series and that was like way back when. That was like fucking like two thousand fourteen or something. Mm. So it must have been out for a while, uh the Gamora T V series unless they remade it. What are you laughing about, Hans? You know something about this show that we don't? No, I just thought you were saying Gamera, you know, the the Godzilla monster. That's like they told you an Italian crime movie. What? Gamera? The giant, isn't it the giant turtle? Uh, No, no, it was not that. Uh, Anyway. Yeah, no idea. Uh, I think I think. Listen, we we've really talked about Joe for like twenty minutes of this show, and that <laughs> yeah. that might be pushing it. But uh, I got to wrap this up because I, I have something to do in a little bit. But uh, what do you, I mean? Would you recommend Joe Hans as your first film? Obviously, we know Oki is over the moon about Joe. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I think it has that seventies charm that you really don't get in a movie now, and it's a. Uh, a very interesting kind of character study on this piece of shit that is like Oki said, just a loser that is just himself. And uh, Peter Boyle is always enjoyable. I don't think I've ever seen anything that he's been in where I don't enjoy his performance. Uh, it feels very much like that face fits the character. So I think he plays it perfectly in that. Uh, it's also kind of funny to hear, you know, uh, Raymond's dad saying the N word, uh, which you would <laughs> yeah. expect him to say on the show by his attitude, but but yeah, yeah, definitely, it's it's like a you know, like a capsule of that period of uh, movie making, uh, with everything from the the way that the characters interact with each other, with the music music cues too that, that the movie has. That at times, just music just starts. I think the beginning starts with like a, a weird song about. I don't know if it's about Joe or something, but it's like a weird, yeah. very corny song. Yeah, uh, it's like Joe, yeah, like going to to fight in a war again. I think that's like what it's saying, like yeah. something like that. Yeah. Uh, so it, if you're not very familiar with '70s film, I, I think it's it's a a really great representation of how things used to be done back in those days. Uh, and I I enjoyed it for you know, the runtime, which is not very long. I think it's less than two hours, right? No, yeah, yeah. it was about an hour and hour, hour and 30, 40. maybe a little change, yeah. Yeah, something like that. What I really enjoyed is uh, him taking personal grievance with having to take his shoes off at the, the Chinese spot and then not liking the fact that they didn't serve coffee, they only served seafood or something. That was uh, that was enjoyable. This is a very good film. I think it is a, a good highlight of the 1970s. It's kind of a overlooked uh gem from that era especially since it's the the early 70s and just like how it paints the culture at that time is uh kind of amusing and obviously a little two-dimensional but uh not in a bad way i would say um yeah go ahead hans i see you're gonna say something. i don't know i was just gonna say it's like uh what is that movie god bless america that uh both got gold bobcat goldway film oh, where yeah. he just Don't goes crazy yeah where he goes crazy yeah. and starts killing people it's the ending is kind of like that, but for whatever reason, I, and I don't know if it's because, well, I'm not a, I don't hate hippies, but I'm not a huge fan, but the way that 
the, it result, the movie is resolved. It's kind of comedic, even though I'm not sure if that's what they were going for, just because they're so nonchalant about what they're doing and how everyone reacts to just this two old men with a rifle coming into their house. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, it's it's very enjoyable. I, I really enjoy my time with it. I, I liked it better than the David Gordon Green one, which is not bad, but it's just not as good as this one. Even though they have nothing to do with each they other. They have nothing yeah. to say. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just, you know, have the same name. Let's watch both. <laughs> uh. All right. Well, you guys can find Oki's Weird Stories on YouTube. Is there anything else you want to plug? Uh, KinoCast, uh, podcast I did with the Kino Corner. And yeah, that's that's about it. Yeah, you guys had on uh, the producer and one of the characters from Scary as 61st. And yeah. I checked that out. That was a very enjoyable episode. I thought he was the best character in that movie. I thought he was very funny. Okay, yeah. I haven't seen it, but I that was it was fun. Well, if you like... if you want an illegal copy, that was the copy I gave Kino. Uh you're oh, more yeah, than okay. welcome to. I mean, okay. I, I know a place where I can find it is what I mean. I don't I don't have anything like that. He's that guy's been giving me legal advice because of this mass state lottery thing and the cease and desist we received. So oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Luckily, you know, it's been pretty silent lately. I, I think uh, we'll see what happens. I'm not going to say anything in jinx, hopefully good fortune, but we'll see. Uh, all right. That, that's that been this episode on Joe. Oki, thank you very much for coming on. I'm sorry we had so many difficulties in the lead up to this. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. All right. That has been Movies. Thank you for listening. <laughs>